Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We're looking at the marks of a mature Christian. We're going through eight characteristics and we're saying this is what the Bible says a mature Christian looks like. You may be surprised that it doesn't relate to having a degree or being ordained or wearing robes, but they are very real and practical things. And just as a human child goes through stages of development and there are landmarks or milestones that we can use to measure their maturity, it is the same with a Christian. We've looked at various of those and today I want to look at relationships, the way we relate. Have you ever been to a small playground for children and watched how the children relate to each other? You will see that there are marks of their relationships that are different to adult relationships. Unfortunately, many of us as we grow into adulthood bring some of those childish ways of relating into our adult relationships and it causes unhealthiness and pain. And in our Christian relationships, there are ways of relating that are important. In the great love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, towards the end, Paul says, When I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, I reasoned as a child. But when I became mature or an adult, I put away childish things. And he's talking about love as a way of relating. This is a famous chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, and it's really a a relationship chapter. So I'm going to read it to you in in a moment. But before I get there, I just want to say that I believe there are four aspects of childish versus mature relationships. And then I'm going to read a passage in 1 Corinthians 3 where he talks about one of them. So the four aspects are children's relationships are self-centered. Secondly, they are fickle. They change every day. Thirdly, they are about manipulation and control. And then fourthly, they are partisan. They like to form little factions and groups. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So he's saying to them, you guys have not reached a certain milestone in your maturity. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. So in those first two sentences, he's covering some of the points we've already covered. Milk, not solid food, how we study the Bible, and um, also spiritual versus carnal people. We talked a lot about how there is a natural human being without the Spirit of God, There is a spiritual human being with the power of God. And then there is an in-between carnal Christian who has the spirit but acts like he doesn't. And he's saying these people are babies. They are carnal Christians. But then he says in verse 3, For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So let's deal with this aspect of relationships, first of all. He says, where there is a partisan spirit amongst Christians, where one person says, I follow the great apostle, Billy, John, whatever his name is, 
and somebody else says, no, he's a false bad teacher, or I just don't like him. Oh no, I, I prefer this person as my leader, as my teacher. Uh, I prefer this type of person. And we start to fight about it. You know, humans love to find things to fight about. We love to say, this is my gang, my tribe. So in some countries, it's racial or tribal. They say this tribe will fight against this tribe. In other countries where those tribes are not that clear, we'll choose a football team or whatever it may be, even a religion, Catholic versus Protestant. There are ways that we find to divide ourselves. And in the Christian world, we will often say, I prefer this leader and their teaching. But when we start to say, I'm against that leader and their teaching and their people, then we are showing ourselves to be childish. You know, in a playground, children love to form little groups or gangs and they gather other children around themselves or they join a group and then they say, we're against that group. Or they like to exclude a particular person or, or small group of people. Children can be extremely cruel. And unfortunately, Christians who think they are mature because they say we're mature, we follow this teaching. But when they start to pick on another group or exclude certain people or speak badly of other people, Paul says we are carnal and we are not mature. We are babies in Christ. And so unity or the ability to have different opinions and yet love one another, speak well of one another, is a sign of maturity. This may surprise you because nowadays, if you look on the internet and you look for Christian messages, a lot of them, I would say the vast majority of them, are people speaking badly, not about the devil, not about sin, not about um, the works of, of the enemy in any way. They're speaking badly about other Christians and the things that they do. And they are being baby Christians. You say, Greg, what is, what is the answer? What is the, the, the opposite of that? And the opposite is to speak against wrong beliefs or wrong ideas or, or the enemy, the devil, and what he's doing, but not to speak badly of people. We're supposed to love people. God came, and because he loved the whole world, he gave his son. He didn't say, I'm just going to love those who are of my little faction. He loved and he gave. Paul traveled from city to city preaching, and there were false teachers coming against him. He never mentioned them by name. He said, be careful of this wrong belief, but he loved people. There's a word called reviling. It's one of the list of very bad sins listed in 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 onwards talks about the sins that if we are continuing in them, it shows we're not a believer. And reviling is one of them, along with covetousness, drunkenness, sexual immorality, and a whole lot of others. Reviling is one of them. And what it's saying is that if I am a reviler, if I practice reviling, if I have a habit of, of reviling other people, then there is a very strong indication that I'm not a believer. And what is reviling? It is speaking badly or evil of another human being. I wonder if people realize this. 
You know, Jesus said they will know we are his disciples by our love. So let me go on to the next part. I've said a partisan spirit or, or forming factions and excluding others or speaking badly of other Christians is a sign of being an immature Christian. The second sign is being selfish. Selfish. You know, children are selfish. They, they always want their own needs met. It's not their fault. They're just children. When they're hungry, they cry. When they want something, they cry. When they don't get their own way, they cry. And in little playground groups, you see it as well. Their relationships are selfish. What can you give me? It's all about me. Self, self, self. But the opposite of selfishness is love. I've already said that in 1 Corinthians 13, in the love chapter, Paul says, when I became mature, I put away childish things. And what he's saying is love is a sign of maturity. And love means putting the other person first, being a giver rather than a taker, being selfless rather than selfish. And so a sign of maturity in relationships is love or selflessness. We see that as, as people grow older and they become adults, then they have their own children. They will give of their time and their effort. Uh, the baby's crying, they will sit up with them and look after them and nurse them and, and help them in whatever way they can. Because mature relationships are selfless. They give away rather than always wanting their own needs met. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Let's just put this another way and say, um, it's, imagine it's describing a childish relationship versus an adult relationship. A, a mature relationship is patient, whereas a childish relationship is impatient. I want it now. A mature relationship is kind, willing to be kind and give generously, whereas an immature relationship wants to get. A mature relationship does not envy, whereas an immature relationship is always envying others. It does not boast. It is not proud. Whereas immature relationships are always boasting. It's all about themselves and they're proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Whereas immature relationships dishonor others and are self-seeking. They don't mind putting others down or being rude about others. Can you see the difference between maturity and immaturity in our relationships. It is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs, whereas an immature relationship gets angry quickly and says, you did this to me, you did this to me. A mature relationship does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, whereas an immature relationship doesn't really care what the truth is as long as it gets its own way. And a mature relationship always protects, always trusts, always hopes for the best and always perseveres. Can you see how maturity is selfless giving? Romans 15 speaks about those who are strong in the faith ought to bear with those who are weaker. And so we see that maturity is looking after the weaker. Romans 14.1 says those receive one who is weak in the faith. Don't dispute over doubtful things. And he talks about um, subjugating my own rights to do certain things so that I will not make another person stumble. Galatians 6 verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens. And so we see that uh, 
A mature relationship is a, a giving relationship. I come in wanting to give more than I'm wanting to get. Not partisan. In other words, I'm willing to have unity and willing to give. The third part of this is that childish relationships are fickle. Today you are my best friend if we're in the playground together, but tomorrow Sophie is my best friend. And the day after that, it's somebody else. And our friendships change and they are fickle. Children don't make long-term relationships. And when we become adults and we are still friends with our childhood friends, it's, it's more a, a coincidence than because we decided that we were going to remain friends. Whereas adult relationships are committed and there is a, a determination and, and a willingness to say, yes, I'm in this for the long haul. Even if things get difficult, uh, for the good and the bad. You know the, the vows we make when we get married. For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, for better, for worse. That's a, a mature relationship. In Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about this maturity. Let me read it to you. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into, in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So he says there's a speaking the truth in love. You know, children speak the truth in hate, or they speak in love, but they deceive. And so speaking the truth in love is a sign of maturity. And we grow up into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, grows up as, it's, as it does its work. He says we're joined and knit together. You know, the human body is amazing. You can put incredible force and pressure on it, before it starts to come apart. It is so well joined. God has put us together in such a way that the human body remains as a unit. And he says that the, the Christian body is supposed to be joined and knit. And that comes by us deciding, this is my relationship. This is my small group. This is my church. This is my eldership. This is my wife or husband. This is my friend. And we stick to it. And we say, even if you stumble, even if you fall off the wagon and you go back to your old ways, I will still stick with you. I won't stumble with you, but I am here for you and I will love you. And that is a sign of maturity. You know, that stick to itness. There's an amazing passage in Psalms 92 where he says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will be fresh and flourishing. They bear fruit because we're planted, because we've decided this is where my relationships are going to be. Now, this requires some hard work. If we're going to be planted, we're going to need to obey some of these verses in the Bible about speaking the truth in love. There is another verse that says two cannot walk together unless they're in agreement. Two cannot walk together unless they're in agreement. 
speak the truth in love. These are ways that we work out a relationship when we've decided, I'm not in it just because it feels good today. I'm not in it until something better comes along. I'm in this relationship because I'm committed to you. Love always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, always protects. There is a solidity and a predictability to our commitment to one another. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to need to learn to be in agreement so that we can walk together. And the way we do that is by speaking the truth in love. It's not an easy process, my friends. It means being humble. It means you've got to come to people sometimes and be completely vulnerable and say, I felt so hurt when you said that. Or why did this happen? Or maybe I've misunderstood, but weren't you supposed to do this? Or I'm so sorry I didn't behave in the way that I should have behaved. And this is what makes relationships, especially Christian relationships, so rich and beautiful. Is that it's not all just on one happy plane, but there are the ups and the downs. And we are weaving a tapestry of love that at the end of many, many years, we can look back and we can see how we've grown together with a person. We know their good points and their bad points. And we have built something beautiful together. Friend, if you're not committed to a church or a small group, I strongly suggest that you get involved. Because it says here that we become mature when we speak the truth in love, but also when we are joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. And then it talks about the effective working by which every part does its share and the body grows and builds itself up in love. You've got to be joined and knit. You've got to be committed to a group of people. And it won't always be easy, but I can promise you the richness and the life of God will flow there. And then the last point that I wanted to make is about manipulation or control. You know, children, not through any fault of their own, but because they are young and they are learning to test boundaries, they're wanting to work out what can I control and who can I control. And so if mommy and daddy um, are not doing what I want, let me try crying and see if that works. If that doesn't work, let me try being naughty and see if that gets the desired result. Let me try throwing a tantrum. Let me try stabbing my brother with a fork. Let me try all these different things. And we're trying as little children to work out how can I get the world around me to do what I want and the people around me to do what I want. But as adults, we learn if we grow and mature in our relationships not to control other people. We learn the, the limits of our circle of influence. Paul speaks about the circle. He says, I'm not going beyond the, the circle, the sphere that God has given me. We've got to learn what is under my control, what is right for me to control, and where does my circle of control end and yours begin? Because when I get that right, when I get the, the areas of control right, and I'm no longer trying to manipulate or control other people, or getting a kick out of being controlled by other people. When I learn to act as an adult speaking to another adult, where we are our own independent person, but we respect one another and we learn to relate as equals. When I can learn that, I've learned healthy, healthy relationships. 
Now, it's, it's complicated because Jesus spoke about this quite a bit. He says, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you my friends because I've shown you my master's business. Jesus wanted to bring the disciples to a place of equality. Not that they were equal to him, but in relationship terms, he wanted to relate to them as other adults, as equals. And there are many places. Jesus said, don't call anyone father or teacher because you are all brothers. He was trying to show that this, this idea of having somebody higher than somebody else is not a helpful um, picture. Jesus said the, the rulers of the Gentile who lord it over those under their control. But not so with you. Whoever wants to be great among you must be a servant, must be the least. And so what we see is in Christianity, there's a whole different way of relating where we're not trying to control other people or manipulate or deceive or trying to get our own way, but we are respecting the other person. We are speaking honestly and we are relating to one another as equals. Now, this comes with a huge amount of risk because people won't do what you want them to do. And you have to respect that. You have to say, that's okay. I still love you, even if you're going to do something different. Um, and there are some practical things that we need to think about in this as well, because there does need to be, for two to walk together, there needs to be an element of agreement. And so there does need to be a time where you say, I love you and respect you, but if you choose that path, that's okay, but we're going this way and you go that way. And Paul and Apollos found that. We read the passage right at the beginning where, where Paul says to them, where you say, I'm of Paul's group and someone else says, I'm of Apollos' group, then you're childish and you're, you're carnal and you're babes in Christ. Paul and Apollos had this. Paul wanted Apollos to be part of his team. Let me read the passage to you. So in 1 Corinthians 16, it says, And if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord as I also do. Let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace, that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him with the brethren. So Paul says that Timothy was one of his team. And then the very next verse, he says, Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. He calls him his brother. Paul is not angry with Apollos. Paul is not saying that he's fighting Apollos. They're not in separate camps. He's just saying, I am able to respect that people make different decisions. You know, Paul knew he was an apostle, but in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, I'm not an apostle to everybody. He says, am I, if I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship. In the Lord. Paul was not enforcing his control on people. He says in 1 Corinthians 3, Who then is Paul? Who then is apostle? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. There's this, this willingness to let go. Uh, he says in 2 Corinthians 1 24, Not that we have dominion over your faith, but are fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. So I mentioned four areas of relationships. I've said that mature relationships are selfless, loving, giving. I've said that they are not partisan, but they love to include and love everybody. I've said that they do not try to manipulate or control other people. 
And I've said that they're not fickle, but they are steady and stable and committed. My friend, how are you doing with your relationships? Just as a child grows and we are concerned if they are still acting in a childish way when they grow bigger. God is concerned if you are still acting in a childish way in your relationships. Are you committed in your relationships for Christ? Are you a giver in your relationships? Do you come in saying, what can I give or what can I get? Are you manipulative or trying to get control or deception in some way? Or are you treating people with respect? And are you partisan? In other words, say, that's a bad Christian. That's a false teacher. Or are you inclusive and saying, I love people. I don't revile people. God wants our relationships to be healthy and strong. Paul said, you're still carnal and you're still babies if you have some of these relationship issues. And he was concerned enough to say, come on, Christians, it's time to grow up. Friends, God wants you to grow up. Father God, I pray for myself, my friend, my brothers and sisters who are watching this. Lord, I pray that you would help us to grow up. You said, Lord Jesus, that the world would know we are Christians by our love, that they would know they would see you because of our unity. And Lord, I pray that our relationships and our maturity in our relationships would shine your light and your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.